get hyped for Sonic 2 month. Hello guests, please take turns to introduce yourselves to the listeners. Well, um, I'm G to the next level, you know, like a welcome to the next level, but with a G like me. Uh, I mainly do things deep within the retro space. So whether it be pull on retro gaming from like the days of the 18 of the 8 bit and the 16 bit days, running up to 32 PlayStation, Sega, Nintendo, but mostly Sega. Like, as you can think of my name, like, Welcome to the Next Level. Sega's been a huge part of my gaming life ever since 1991. And uh, basically, my channels are, for the most part, paying homage to retro gaming as a whole and how I grew up with it, but also uh, where it's going into the future as well. So it's a little bit of both. Uh, I started off on YouTube about five years ago. So my YouTube channel is mostly like an amalgamation of reviews, candid perspectives, lists, rankings, all kinds of good stuff. Like you name it, I can do it when it comes to, to retro gaming on YouTube. And uh, for about a year and a half now, I've also been doing live streams on Twitch. And um, again, mostly retro and retro inspired stuff. I also do Switch uh, community games with players as well. And it's just been an absolute blast because if there's one thing that I love more about anything is that the the retro gaming community out there are just some of the most wonderful and loving people out there. And it's just basically of like showing, hey, this is what I would love to bring to the table. This is my story. And I'm just thrilled that people are there to uh, to hear it. And uh, not only that, between those two, I'm also uh, working on a book about the Sega Genesis as well. It's very much in the early budding stages, uh, but I just started working on it. But yeah, uh, hopefully I will have that uh, sooner than later. But yeah, that's me. My name is uh, Franny. I'm the co-host on the Druids of Doom uh, podcast. It's a uh, it's a uh, metal podcast that I do with my fellow Druid and co-host uh, Neckwrecker Rex. Um, it's a it's a podcast about uh, like metal music, uh, uh, all things silly and adjacent to the metal culture. So we'll cover and do reviews of like concerts and albums. Uh, we talk about what we're listening to and what we're liking currently. Um, and also we usually have a, like a main segment in the middle of our episodes of, uh, uh, for example, like, uh, our most recent one was like how we got into metal music. Um, we also did like a concert survival guide that one's coming up and just kind of tongue in cheek things, some silly things. Um, it's a good time. Um, and if you or any of your fans or, or, uh, listeners are fans of metal music, uh, definitely check it out because, uh. We're here to stay, and we're here to spread the word on metal music. Awesome, awesome. I can imagine that that, that uh, metal as a genre is so big that I feel like you never run out of content, right? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy because, you know, people that don't uh, really listen to metal music, they just kind of think it as one thing, just, you know, gutturals or, you know, screaming and just loud noises and, and stuff like that, but... Within metal itself, you have tons and tons and tons of different subgenres, and it's in our opinion there is a a genre or subgenre of metal music for everybody, whether it be like power metal or thrash metal or or grindcore or death or whatever. There's there is a in my opinion there is a a, a genre of metal music for everybody. So Alexa, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the stuff that you create and where people can find it. Uh, okay. So, um, I do some fan dubs on YouTube, although I've already been, uh, part of some official dubs in my language, which is European Portuguese, but, uh, I also have this, um, fan dub group called Luzo dubs, where we basically pick movies or TV shows or anime which have never been dubbed in Portuguese, 
and we basically dub them in Portuguese so that we can it's it's more of a an eye-opening situation because uh, Portugal does not um, does not dub that many uh, anime unless they're specifically for kids so we want to like uh, make people more aware that Dubs are important for everyone. Uh, for instance, some people have uh, trouble reading or uh, they, they have uh, trouble paying attention to subtitles. So dubs are, are important in that matter. And that's basically what we do. I love that because it makes that uh, the, the anime that's out there makes it more accessible, right? Exactly. And we also like picking up some um, some not so known uh, anime because it, it, it's always fun to like get people to know stuff that we like that they've probably never heard of. So uh, you'll find me online everywhere as Mad Viking God. So Twitch, uh, a little bit on Twitter. Uh, I try and avoid that as much as possible, but uh, you can still reach out to me there. Um, I'm mostly doing programming stuff, so you see a lot of what I do and what I produce on GitHub. So I know it's a little bit odd for your audience, but still, it's fun stuff. Um, cool, cool. No, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean the audience is is like pretty much everybody I know. So you know, some of them are developers, some of them are game programmers. You know, I've been playing video games since I was a wee little lad playing. Uh, you know, on the uh, on the NES and and trying to beat Zelda, so it's it's been a long ride. So the main thing that I do is I am the uh, keeper slash game master of the podcast, uh, the Monsters Playbook, where me and my friends play the game Monster of the Week. We record our episodes and we figure out, you know, we fight we fight monsters in our hometown, basically. I like it. I like it. Um, so where can folks go to find that then? Uh, is it just monstersplaybook.com? Monstersplaybook.com. We are Monsters Playbook on most of the things on Instagram and Facebook, but due to Twitter's uh, character limits, we are Monster Playbook on Twitter.com. Okay. And then cool. you can find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. We're on all or most of the things. Please tell us what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say Sonic 2. Oh, easy for me. First thing that comes to mind is Tails. The boy. That's the first thing that comes to mind because when you think about it, Sonic 2 basically, for me, it did everything that Sonic 1 did, but it was just so much faster and so much better and so much cleaner. But the biggest thing that just immediately, like if you say Sonic 2, like the first thing that pops to mind, like what's the most important thing to you about Sonic 2, to me, I guess, uh, about Sonic 2? And to me, it's Tails. It's the introduction to Tails and like possibly the best gaming sidekick ever, <laughs> really. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It reminds me a little bit of over the last few days, there's been this tweet that's been doing the rounds. So we're recording this September 19th, right? So we're a bit in the in the past when people are listening. But there's a wonderful tweet that's been doing the rounds of like, hey, video game designers, I just want a little buddy mode where my brother, my kid, whatever, someone who's not really that interested in games can just pick up a controller and start playing. And I feel like Sonic 2 Tails especially if you're playing in like you're playing as uh, Sonic, you know, you could just 
throw a second controller in there, and guess what? You've got a little buddy mode. They can't be hurt, they can't die, but they can help you get through the level. Yep. That's fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> get through the bosses quicker. It. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. And also I, a huge I think help in the bonus stages too. If you have somebody actually controlling Tails, oh yeah, he's a huge help in the bonus stages too. Yep, yep. Rather than having the, the AI try to control him and losing all your rings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe we should do that one evening, Squidge. I'll come around to your house. We get some pizza and some, some I don't know, some pop or something and just play through Sonic 2 and I'll be Tails. Nice. You'll, you'll get an elbow in the face, I'm telling you. <laughs> You've been warned. You'll get an elbow in the face. Wait, is that is that is that a threat in case I do something wrong, or just I turn up? Hey, Squidge. Both. <laughs> let's just go with both. Fair enough. Okay, um, so let's talk Sonic Two then, right? Um, before we got hooked up together for this recording, um, I know that you went back and replayed it. So I think you might be one of the few people we've talked to who've played it the most recently. So this is going to be fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I did get to replay it. Unfortunately, uh, as with my childhood, I still have not re, I still have not beat it yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was in the same position with uh, the original Super Mario Brothers on the NES, which I guess wow. we'll come around to in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took me until the early two thousands for me to actually beat that game, and, and like I had it. When I like, I got Super Mario Brothers for the NES when I was four, and you know I'm I'm years old now, so you know <laughs> it's taken a whole lifetime for me to beat it. But you know I beat it about 10, 10 15 years ago, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> it's 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 crazy because like looking back, I had more free time as a child to play and beat that game, and I never did. And now that I'm also ha 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 years old, uh. I, as an adult with expendable income, I still have not beat it, uh, just because <laughs> life gets in the way now, yep. <laughs> like yep. actual adulting stuff gets in the way now. So yeah, becoming an adult was the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> it sucks because it's a choice you can't make. It's just given to you. It's thrust upon you, whether you're ready for it or not. Absolutely. It just sort of sneaks up on you one day, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think Sonic 2 on the Genesis? Oh, man. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, my aunt and uncle and my cousins. Uh, I say that because, like, when I was growing up, uh, my parents, they were they were actual, like, gamers uh, in, in, a, in a sense, like, you know, back in the day, what you could classify as gamers, they'd... Uh, but we were a Nintendo family, you know, Nintendo power all the way. Um, and, and we all loved it. Um, but every once in a while for like, you know, holidays, like 4th of July or Christmas or Thanksgiving, New Year's, or just, you know, regular parties, we would go to, uh, my aunt and uncle's house and, uh, they were, you know, they were a Sega family, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't, uh, (laughs) for, for the people that remember the advertising, um, but, uh, you know, all the, like, when we would go over there, like, all the adults would be, like, upstairs, like, you know, having cocktails and doing boring adult stuff uh, that I find myself doing nowadays. Um, while all, all of us younger folks were, you know, downstairs playing pool or foosball. But more importantly, we were playing Sega. And that's the first time that I played Sega 
that's the first time that I saw Mortal Kombat with blood because for, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners know that like, you know, Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo had the blood edited out because Nintendo didn't want to have, you know, blood like that or stuff like that in any of their games. So that was the first time that I personally saw Mortal Kombat with blood and was like, whoa. Um, but, uh, you know, regarding today's topic, that was the first time that I played Sonic. And after playing that game, I remember just being jelly as hell because I didn't have a Sega Genesis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we, we were an NES, um, family. And then, um, the, the great split of our early, um, early childhood happened, you know, uh, parents split up and then, you know, mom surprised us one day with the Mega Drive, you know, this was like oh. over here, right? And it was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Sonic, Sonic 2, Mortal Kombat, Comic Zone, a whole bunch of these amazing games. Oh, man, Comic Zone. Yeah. Oh, baby, that's a good one. If there is a Sega title that is most deserving of a reboot, it is Comic Zone. And Oh, I'm, 100%. I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a creative person at all, except for the, the code that I write, but I've tried several times to sort of put across to people here, this is how they could do it, and it would be awesome. Like, I've had this vision of, like, the intro, we're, we're going way off topic, but I had this vision of the intro being, like, Sketch is just playing out the last chord in um, in his, his band's, like, song at some greasy yeah. dive bar, and then he goes home and he starts drawing the comic, and then boom, he's in. And it could be like, a, it wouldn't have to be, a, I mean, it could be a 2D sort of side-scroller, but you could make it 2 to half d and mess around with the perspective and stuff and have like, oh no, we, we, you know, the page is about to turn, a little mini-game to jump over to the next page and climb up oh. or whatever. You know, I've had all these ideas. And I'm like, Sega, you can have this idea for free. I don't care. Just, <laughs> just give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> oh, man. Like he's still to this day, that's like one of the craziest games that I've ever played. Like, and there's been some crazy games that have come out, but Comic Zone, man, ooh, baby, the concept alone is just bananas. It is, it is. Uh, for those who haven't played it, you are a comic book artist who gets sucked into his comic book by the bad guy in the comic book, who then gets uh, pushed out into reality, and you have to fight through the comic book and the comic book villain who takes the role of the artist occasionally draws enemies on screen for you to fight it's really really good oh if you so haven't good. tried it you have to just listen to the sentence you just said it like <laughs> it's bananas <laughs> it's bananas absolutely absolutely and it had um it had a like a uh i want to say rock maybe probably grunge I'm, I'm not a genre guy but i feel like more grunge is the description of the soundtrack but the soundtrack was actually Recorded as a grunge album, a six-track yeah. grunge album, which was amazing. Yeah, you should just just go check. You know, let's stop talking about Sonic Two. Let's talk about Comic Zone. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to have an episode specifically about Comic Zone. I think. Well, if so you have an episode on Comic Zone, you make sure you let me know because I will be oh, there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you're saying that when we say Sonic Two on the Genesis, you're talking about going around to your your aunt and uncle's house where they had the Genesis, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep. Cool. And the the uncensored Mortal Kombat with buckets of blood flying everywhere, and you could cut people's heads off and all that kind of stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it's just crazy because like I said, as a Nintendo family growing up, we had we had Mortal Kombat, but they didn't have blood in Mortal Kombat mm. on the Nintendo as opposed to the Sega. So it was like really an eye opening experience for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, we, we like I said, we went straight to the uncensored version, which was um I suppose probably not as eye opening as you. I think I've I've mentioned this before on the show. I'm no, I have. I'm going off into another tangent, but like the steps that perhaps you and I and people of our generation went through of discovering video games and the features and the leap in generations, they were huge leaps. Like oh, they you know, were NES to Genesis, and then Genesis versus SNES, right with the uncensored stuff that was massive and like oh. now you've got well it, you know ps4 to ps5 it looks just a little bit more lifelike you know <laughs> yeah it, it's it's it, it really is crazy i mean you go from like 16 to 32 bit games it is it is literally a game changer a hundred percent and then even like the soundtrack changed you know when they would go uh i i don't know a lot about like how the sound was engineered but like going from generate like the nes to like the Super NES, uh, the the sounds and everything that they were able to do was just literally mind blowing. Uh, yeah, really and, and and like yeah, to your point, like you know when we hit get you know quote unquote generation bumps nowadays, it's it's oh this already looks really great, but now I can see like an extra like sixteen hairs on this guy's head. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> genuinely is you know. It's it's an amazing leap, but it's not as visually not as much of a leap for the average player, right? Yeah, it's not as groundbreaking as it used to be. Every time I read Genesis, I, I got really confused. I was like, what the hell is a Genesis? And then I realized it was a Mega Drive. Oh, okay. But no, yeah, it, it's the Mega Drive. I still have mine. <laughs> I still have my baby. <laughs> I love it. And it's still working perfectly. Oh, and I do, and I do have, I have both Sonic and Sonic 2. And when I think Sonic 2, just besides that cursed music we don't talk about. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really had lots of, I, I had lots of fun playing, playing on the Mega Drive. Uh, I also really liked the, the like the mini games. I really still like the 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 CD, yeah, the 3D mode on the that mini game with tails, where you got like you're on that half tube. Mm-hmm. Though I have to admit, I, I in my like let's let's say 20 years playing because I'm I'm going for a, I started playing when I was around five years old, so I'm 25. So when I was so for like 20 years, I never really got that, that far in, uh, in the game. Cause you know, how it is, you couldn't, you couldn't like, like the PlayStation, you couldn't really save the game. So you had to start them all over. And I would, yeah, it, it was a bit difficult for me to get, to get past level two. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I I remember having loads of trouble when I first started playing it too. It's a it's a really fun game to sort of pick up real quick, but like to to really sort of master it and do really well at it requires loads of practice, right? <laughs> yeah. 
No, but but like I I even I even told one my boyfriend once like wait you're telling me Sonic is harder than Mario and he was like yeah Sonic is harder than Mario because I I grew up with Sonic I I didn't I I, I can't even remember my first Mario game was Super Mario sixty four DS <laughs> so. It was an even easier game, but yeah. So basically, I was like, "Oh, okay." So I was a, I was hardcore as a kid. <laughs> I think the first thing that really comes to mind is the like 3D levels that you got at the end of the things. Um, I think that was really my first introduction to games that actually looked somewhat 3D, right? Uh, prior to that, we had plenty of sprite-based games, and and they were all fun but nothing that really gave me the felt feeling that i was actually moving in that that same way and i think it's that kind of innovation that that really um is why i keep sonic 2 so close to my heart i like it so that's the the special stages right where you unlock the yeah the, yeah, the chaos emeralds or you, yeah you're trying to get the the chaos emeralds and and um like it, it's amazing that with the technology they had in the in the Mega Drive that they could actually do that, right? Yeah, man. I think it was a yeah sixteen bit processor running at like eight megahertz, right? Eight, uh, what are you going to do with eight megahertz now? <laughs> maybe get a tone. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. No, I, I I agree. The like. Looking back on it now, uh, if you were to compare it to something else now, it's like, you know, it's it's a non-starter. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's what the Genesis could do. That's what it does. But like, at the time, you've gone from this side scroller that is pretty fast as well, right? I mean, okay, over here yeah. in the UK, we had the problem where the game was locked to fifty hertz. Y'all in the states had it at sixty hertz, so the game actually runs slower over here. Um, so if you don't know about that, definitely go look it up. But, um, but yeah, you're going through, like, you switch from Mario to that, right? And Mario's kind of sluggish, and it's got this do-do-do-do-do-do sort of feel to it. And then you hit Sonic the Hedgehog on Genesis, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3. And it's like, what the heck, right? It's like breakneck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Sonic 1 just defined the speed genre, it seems like, right? Where they they you are zipping through those levels, and... You're having to make almost like it'd be comparable to the racing games of today where you have to make uh, decisions on like going left, going right, jumping, whatever, um, in just split seconds. Because if you don't, you, you hit those spikes. But like the the real thing like Sonic 2 brings to the table, it, you know, Tails, great addition. I love the the innovation when coming to, to getting around the levels, but the like the thing that always the visual thing that stood out in my mind is those uh 3d areas and it may not have been the first but that was definitely the first one that i played so definitely yeah because like going from like i say going from that 2d side scrolly really fast that's going to hit you in the face and then oh my goodness what's this a gigantic flying uh thing that i could jump into to go to this special stage holy hell it's now in 3d what the you know what i mean i just I don't think we'll ever see that level of, of, of surprise in games anymore. Partially because 
Um, you know, back then there was no YouTube. There was no way to get like the game footage. And so they couldn't really show you that. You can see pictures of it in magazines, but you couldn't really see it. But also because, mm-hmm. you know, the technology has moved on so much that the next innovation is kind of like, oh, PS3, uh, the PlayStation VR 2 is like, there you go, boom. Oh, all right, okay, yeah. So it's like bigger screens closer to my eyes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, th- there is a lot more incremental improvements now. And, and I think that just speaks to how far we've pushed this technology, right? Um, you know, you, you mentioned VR, like what was really kind of liberating in VR is that you get that 3D motion that you can feel with your arms actually moving and controlling things and, and seeing that that uh, uh, happen in the game versus, you know, controlling it with either a controller or a mouse. There's some kind of translation that your brain has to do for you that's just so much more fluid. But even now, you know, we're what, five, ten years into the VR revolution, mm-hmm. um, the changes are very incremental. They're, they're, they're still great. They're still cool. But it's not the giant leaps of, you know, 3D processing technologies that you got back in the, uh, in, in the 80s and early 90s. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I feel like I've misrepresented myself a little bit there. You know, I said, oh, wow, PSVR 2, all you've done is made the screen bigger or whatever. That is still a huge innovation, but like you say, it's more it's more incremental. It's a smaller step. It's still a big step, but like the step from purely 2D, 8-bit, low-res graphics to a 3D stage that's running really fast is mm-hmm. huge. That's a chasm, whereas... Yeah. You know, the step that they've taken from PSVR 1 to PSVR 2 is still pretty big, but nowhere near as big as that chasm, right? <laughs> yeah. I I totally agree. I, I miss the heydays of uh, of gaming technologies. <laughs> <laughs> the introductory baseline of uh, Mystic Cave Zone and the, the looming threat that nothing I ever do musically will match up to it. <laughs> that pops into my head unbidden with alarming regularity and it, it's it just like it's it's one of those of all the sonic game mu- music which as you know is legendary i think that is the one that is the most out of the gate you're here now <laughs> just <laughs> it's just it it slaps it bangs it's a pop well, I, I I have to agree with you completely. Have to agree with you completely. And the, I mean, a, a lot of people do know this. Some people don't know this. But like the music itself was written by, and, and I hate saying this because I, I worry that it's going to come across wrong. But it was written by a, an actual like an actual musician, yes. right? an actual a bass player as well, right? Yes. Um, you know, uh, Masato Nakamura is the bass player and songwriter for the Japanese pop band Dreams Come True, and he famously wrote all of the music for the first two Sonic games. So, in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is vaguely correct. It was written by a you know a professional musician who gets paid to make music and is yep. in a band. So, and it yeah. and boy does it show the the highlight from Sonic One's Starlight Zone also comes to mind with hysterical regularity. It's, they're just they're just good songs. Mm, I agree. I agree. There's something to be said about, I would say most of the Sonic soundtracks, not all of them, but most of the Sonic soundtracks and really, really good music. That's like, there are certain, 
this I know we're supposed to be focusing on Sonic 2, but there was a time in my childhood where I would be playing the game Sonic and Knuckles. I would get to the zone, flying battery zone, and then I would just let the game sit there while I listened to that song. This was like in the days before you could go and download music that you liked that wasn't on a CD or something. This was the only way to play that. So it's like, I want to listen to that song. Guess I have to play 20 minutes of Sonic and Knuckles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people, I was saying this to someone the other day. People will, will never know the... The, the combination of the joy and the, the agony of sitting through a level, you know, a, a portion of a game to get to the, the one bit that slaps that you really like. Yes. Right? Because save states and, and save games and, I mean, back then it was passwords, but yep. all of that stuff, it just, it just didn't exist. It didn't exist. Oh my goodness. And I was, I was saying to someone the other day about, um, uh, yeah, I was trying to hook up a, a Mega Drive to a TV to show, you know, show the kids, <laughs> hey, check this out. And I'd forgotten, because like, there, there was a specific frequency band you could jump to to actually get to get it tuned in, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't use the RF cable. Mm-hmm. And I ended up on YouTube, and this, <laughs> this like 12-year-old was teaching me how to set it up. And I felt really bad. I mean, I felt bad for, for saying, hey, it's a 12-year-old. So what I mean is, like, the YouTube person was like, so take this round connector thing and plug it in your TV. And if you don't have a TV that has one, your TV is too new, so go get an old one. So that hit me in the eye for profit. <laughs> and then he plugs it in. And then they go, uh, yeah, yeah, so what you got to do, switch to TV mode where it's all this weird black and white stuff on the screen. What? Switch to, yeah, yeah. They go didn't know scan. what it was. <laughs> oh, this is the best bit, right? Go to scan. And go through the MHZs. I don't know what they are, but go through those and you'll eventually find the video game. (laughs) Oh, our history has been lost. This is a dying language. I had the same thing. right in the lower back. Yes. (laughs) I had the same thing. It hits me right in the bifocals. I got a, I recently got a, um, I tried to hook up. First of all, my Dreamcast, which was only just too old for my TV, that I got a new TV that doesn't even have the component, the you know the red, white, and yellow. But then I got my um, Nintendo sixty four out of storage, and it was like, there's just no, I just can't do this. And I had to like, they had to invent something that could convert that back to something else, like, <laughs> yep, yep. That's that's the real pain, isn't it? When you can't, you're like, how do I? I don't. This is this is supposed to be universal. These are standards for a reason. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Old man yeah, yells out that loud. Exactly, it hit me right in the childhood. It did right in the lower back. <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, I like I like that uh, the the Mystic Cave music being the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I like it because that is um, an amazing piece of music. I've got to say. And of the sort of zones, we're going to get into this even more, but that like it it does the best job, I think, of actually conveying a mood that the that the the space itself otherwise doesn't, which is like that it's haunted. It doesn't really go there. But then like when you compare playing that to like the two player version where all the two player versions of all the levels had their own custom two player uh songs it doesn't feel as haunted it doesn't feel i'm not scared (laughs) the way i am when i play it in one player 
But no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that a lot of the stages in, I mean, like you said, we'll get onto it in a moment, I think, but a lot of the stages in Sonic 2 do set up that they, they have, they obviously all have a theme, but they, a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them are quite good at sticking to, like, setting that atmosphere and giving you the feeling of, this is what this thing would be like if we took, if we took the, the basis of this stage and then caricaturized it, right? Because that's yes. essentially what they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and it gives, you know, in a game that essentially has three characters the whole time, it gives the space much more, you know, New York is the fifth character of Sex and the City and Mystic Cave Zone is the sixth character of Sonic 3. Please tell us what is your least favorite zone and why is it Casino Night? <laughs> all, the, all the hate for Casino Night. What? 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 <laughs> now, I think Casino Night is fine, honestly. I mean, it's it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite stage in in Sonic Two. Uh, but I'll probably say my least favorite out of all of them is probably Oil Ocean. That's probably my least favorite out of everything because like there's so many different spots in there granted i like the fact that there aren't really a bottomless pit per se where you can die but there are so many spaces like when you're trying to figure out where the level design goes what takes you up what takes you down and there's so many spaces where it just it feels it kind of reminds me of sonic cd a little bit it feels it feels a little bit more disjointed than uh, than what many of the other stages are but i mean that's to say that that's my least favorite stage out of a game that has so many outstanding stages i'm not saying that oil ocean is bad like I'm not. I'm just saying that it's it just doesn't quite the flow of it just doesn't quite feel as good as the rest of the stages go. You know, my favorite stage in Sonic 2, it's um Aquatic Ruin. I love Aquatic Ruin. And another one that like a lot of people will like kind of throw off to the side. But like between uh, between Aquatic Ruin and probably say Hilltop. I really like Hilltop too. Chemical Plant, of course, is a classic. But um uh, I think really those are my favorites. Chemical Plant just has like boss music. But um, as far as stage design goes, yeah, I think Oil Ocean is probably my least favorite. <laughs> I can dig that. I can dig that. Uh, which one was your favorite one, Squidge? Was it Chemical Plant or am I mixing that up? Mystic Cave. Mystic, uh, Mystic Cave, Cave is great. I could listen yeah, to that yeah. tune all day and I have done before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm always a, I've always been a big fan of, uh, is it uh, Metropolis? Towards the end, the one with the three... No, it's not the one with three acts. No, it is. Yeah, it has Wait. three acts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've always been a big fan of that one, but, yeah. Um, Reading the primer for this interview, uh, I thought that was kind of a feeder question, but going back and replaying it, um, it really is the Casino Night Zone. It is <laughs> terrible. And in my opinion, the reason why I dislike it so much is... All of those damn, like, Captain America-looking shields that, like, bounce you all over the place and just kind of mess with your flow. Especially when you're trying to hit the slot machines. Oh, my God. I get mm-hmm. I got so frustrated uh, trying to get into the slot machines and then I'll hit, like, a Captain America shield or, you know, whatever. You know, those little bumper things or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it would just, like, bounce me out and I'm just like, oh. And then uh, another thing that really kind of peeved me off about the Casino Night Zone was the little red uh, bumpers, the, the you know the you know the spring pad things or whatever. 
but the red one, the red ones where you'd have to like sit and like kind of marinate on it before it would like shoot you out. Oh my gosh. It just took forever (laughs) to like push down and then like shoot you out. I'm like, this is a Sonic game. It's supposed to be fast. It's supposed to be hectic. And like, to me, it just really, really, really broke that feeling of speed. And like, it just kind of broke like the whole sense of what, like, I remember and what I perceive to be is Sonic, you know, just insanely fast hedgehog. And then that would just completely slow it down. I'm like, well, this kind of stinks. Yep. Yep. I I totally get you. Totally get you. I do feel as though perhaps they, I mean, I've never, I've never asked any of the design team, but I feel like it was designed specifically to slow you down so that then you would look at what, because like, the the casino the casino night zones on Sonic Two felt like it was like look at what the Genesis can do look at all these colors look at all of these effects look at everything that's happening right and I feel like perhaps the level was designed to slow you down so you could take it all in but like you said it's a Sonic game I want to run from left to right as quickly as possible yeah <laughs> exactly but I I mean to your point I th- I think I think uh, again without knowing exactly what the devs had you know planned for the game I think I think you're a hundred percent correct in the in your summation that it was it, it could it could have very well been a flex because the colors are very eye-catching um and, and everything just kind of pops because of the scenery but at, like like I said before, it's a Sonic game. I want to go fast. I want to go real fast. <laughs> Absolutely. Abs- gotta go fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go fast. Yeah, yeah. If I'm so, not seeing smoke trails behind me, then like the game's not doing something right here. Yeah, what's, what's the point? What's the point? If I'm having to do it slowly, what's the point? <laughs> it, it's yeah. in the name. Sonic, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I did laugh a lot when, <laughs> yeah, so so I was commenting with my boyfriend, like, how do I tell them I never, I've never gone into Casino Night Zone? He's <laughs> like, it's like, I only, I only got past, like, the, uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the zone now. <laughs> Curse your brain. Uh, what's, what's the name of the second stage? It's, uh. The uh, chemical plant. I mm-hmm. the first time I got through the whole chemical plant zone was on my twentieth birthday, and so I got to the third zone. I was like, I'm so happy! I finally got through this this <laughs> this cursed stage. And someone else was on the comments like, "You do realize that the next stage is also full of water, right?" <laughs> like you know what i hate this (laughs) i do not like where this is going so no i never went i went and never got to casino night zone like seriously the only game i have sonic game i ever like finished wasn't even the whole game and it was sonic advance 2 cream's story that was the only thing i ever got to the end of right okay of of <laughs> so then of of the of the two zones that you've played of Sonic Two, which was your 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 least favorite then? <laughs> mm, out of out of all the the games I've played, uh, sorry, of, of out of the the zones that you have played on Sonic Two, 
Oh, which is your, your, your least favorite chemical plant? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like I can, I can still vividly remember every time I would run out of the room when that song started playing. <laughs> like I would close the doors. I would run to the farthest corner of the house. I would crouch myself and cover my ears and wait for it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much that song traumatized people. <laughs> uh, so, I'm not I'm not a Casino Night Zone apologist. It is still an absolutely god awful level, and, and I was trying to think on this a little bit on why it was so bad. Um, and, and the way I kind of look at it is there is a lot of um, game design tropes that we we know and and kind of observe today that Casino Nights was willing to break. Um, some of those being like, there isn't a very good indicator of where you need to be going and like when you are backtracking, why are you backtracking, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's somewhat present through most of Sonic games, like uh, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, even Sonic 3 a little bit. Um, they've gotten better about it, but it, it's still like kind of confusing. And then you add on to that, you have like a visually confusing zone like it is visually stimulating all of the time right there's always something flashing there's always something blinking and spinning and turning um it makes for a very confusing level and i know i dread that level like even today like I, if i can i could play the you know the first stage and then skip uh, the first couple stages skips casino nights and then be totally totally happy <laughs> no, I get what you mean. I feel like um I feel like like the combination of 2D to 3D and the especially the casino night level like you say it's really it's distracting with just the, it feels like the devs were going look at what we can make the genesis do, right? Yeah. To make it visually different and visually striking and like you say it ends up being really distracting because you know you've got the loads of different colors you've got the sega logo in the stars you've got the music going all these lights flashing and yeah you end up with like ah i don't know i, ju I legitimately don't know what to do i can't see where i'm supposed to be going because all of these lights are going off no i, I fully agree with that <laughs> yeah it, you're right it does feel almost like a technical demo um and I'll be honest, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the casino music in uh, Sonic 2. Um, I actually really kind of like the music of the casino level in Sonic 3. Like that one is kind of an upbeat jam for me. But Sonic 2 one, I, I went back and listened to it and it it felt more of like, it, it felt more harsh in my ears in, in my old age than, than I remember it. So I, I don't think that gives it any any favors either. Um, it's obviously it's Casino Night Zone and the, <laughs> the a close second of worst ones to me is Hilltop Zone. Well, I don't know what the deal with that zone was supposed to be, but the thing about Casino Night Zone is when I was a kid and I would have like younger friends or younger cousins come over and we'd be playing it like that level is not designed to be a Sonic level. The, mm -hmm. the brand experience, if you will, I work in marketing and it's warped my brain. The brand experience of Sonic the Hedgehog as a, as a piece is 
uh, go to the right as fast as you can. And all of the levels are designed to make going to the right as fast as you can as interesting as possible. Except for this one, which is designed to make you go, I'm going to try that one again. And so when I would see my younger cousins and my younger friends play this game, they wouldn't play it like a Sonic level. They'd play it like a casino. And then they'd die because they ran out of time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you, no, you made the rules. You built this thing to be a slot machine that you do again and again and again. I just did what you told me to, and then you killed me for it. And I think that sucks. <laughs> no, I agree. I, uh, I, I, I think I said this to someone uh, a few weeks ago, actually, that uh, it may be on one of these episodes. I don't know. Um, that uh, my feeling with the Casino Night Zone, especially the, the Sonic 2 Casino stage, mm-hmm. is that it was quite literally, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Like, look at all of these colors and flashing lights and all of this stuff, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. And the, like, the neon and the colors that shift and, yeah, they're... The other thing, there is a specific... There's a particular character to the sounds in Sega versus Super Nintendo games. And not to keep going back to Mystic Cave Zone, but it is typified by that kind of... um, dirty saw bass that like think about the sound that it makes when you die in sonic it's this really it's got heft to it 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 shakes and vibrates and it has sharp edges they really couldn't do that on s on snes they couldn't make those sounds and i don't know why (laughs) i don't know enough (laughs) about i know enough about sounds to know that they are being created from different uh root synthesis but i that that's the end that's as much as i know <laughs> yeah I, uh, my my experience is that it's different sound chips perhaps yes i that's that's you know and then you know there'll be a slightly different command and control programming stuff that goes into it that that, that programming stuff that's a technical term yes that developers use <laughs> i learned that in we use it in Absolutely, we use it in my industry all the time. Programming stuff, yes. um, but yeah, I think I think the idea is that yeah, they had they had completely different because uh, they had different end goals as well, didn't they? So like mm-hmm. the Genesis, the Sega hardware was always bring the arcade home, mm-hmm. and um, Nintendo hardware was always um, was always like, and this has been you know really well documented, but it was always like uh, you know we'll use what we have rather than wasting money on not wasting but you know spending loads of money on research and development you know like uh mm-hmm. the, the 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 game boy was quite literally we have a shed load of these dot metric screens and a bunch of 8-bit um <laughs> microprocessors can we glue them together somehow and make a really small low-powered video game and gunpei yokoi the absolute genius went yes i can <laughs> hold my sake <laughs> <laughs> well and that's the you know it it goes back to i think the like origins of nintendo as a card company as a toy company and even into and beyond and after super nintendo and such when they got into wii and they got into switch those are toys they are there to be played with versus a company like sega that like by the time they got to the dreamcast they were literally putting 3d you know fighting games 
in the arcades at the same time they were bringing them to your house. And unfortunately, Sega's move of uh, don't do it, don't do it better, do it first, uh, shot them in the foot over and over and over and over and over again. Absolutely, absolutely. Which was a real shame because, like, when it when it came out, um, I think that personally, I think the Dreamcast was slightly better at what it did than the ps2 i agree it was much in my opinion and when it came out that was true and the other thing that it was better at was attracting huge weirdos to make insane games for it <laughs> what's that you're talking about me again eh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ditto with the, the genesis at the time too right that like it was a sort of where super nintendo had your uh you know, they owned the Final Fantasy IP at the time, and it was like, this is a place for, like, I don't know, serious games or, you know, games that made you feel fancy. But Genesis had just whacked out stuff. That's where all, like, at least the, the where I got it was, like, the mutant football and crap like that. Just yeah. bonkers. Yeah, it was more like, uh, from my point of view, we drifted into the console wars, but I, I, I like it, I like it. Um, from my point of view, it was more like um, Nintendo, like you said, Nintendo was a toy and it had experiences, mm-hmm. that you know, long-form experiences, um, whereas um, the the Sega games were, they, they felt like um, if you could take punk rock and grunge and make it into a video game, right? Yeah. That's, that's what it felt like, right? Because they knew their target demographic was 13 to 30-year-olds, and it's, that's a pretty big demographic. Yes. Right? And they don't have a lot in common. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Trust me, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know how many 13-year-olds you are hanging out with on, with any kind of regularity, but I'm concerned. None. <laughs> yes. I am no longer concerned. Bonus question, what is with Sega putting casino levels in all of their Sonic games? You know, I'm not sure. It really makes me wonder, like, maybe the Sega dev teams just want to take a trip to Vegas. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, for me, personally, I could never get past the casino stages on Sonic 3. That whole jumping onto the box. To make oh, drop the, the, to p- the, the, the pillar of doom. The pillar yeah, of yeah. doom. <laughs> Always. Every sing- ever since I was... Teeny tiny, and well, I said teeny tiny about what uh, had a bit about uh, eight or nine when it came out, and ever since then, I have never been able to get past that level. So it hasn't occurred to you just to push up and down, stand yep. there and push oh. up and down. And I didn't know that it. as a kid. Nobody really knew that as a kid. And the funny thing is that so you want to know how I got past it when I was a kid? I actually grabbed the second controller with tails, and I just had tails lift Sonic up above it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not cheating. It's not cheating if you know, the tools are readily and easily available for you to use. It's not cheating. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Gameplay mechanic is what it is. Yeah. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so you got my back. <laughs> I, You know, I really have no idea. And honestly, I hadn't really thought about it up until recently. Um, but again... As I was thinking about it, I I I wrote down in my notes because I took notes for this. I wrote down that like it's it's to make the colors and light pop like due to the setting. So I think you and I are on the on the very same page that it is strictly supposed to be like a flex almost. 
because that is the that is the only reason why I can think of having these terrible terrible levels in these Sonic games. It's it's just to <laughs> kind of flex a little bit. That's 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 it. No, it must be. It must be. I mean, isn't there a a, a a Sonic game that is basically you playing at a casino, like a casino pinball game? Uh, there is. Um, there is Sonic Spinball, which is the pinball game. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I want to say that it's maybe like part of uh, Sonic's lore that he's he's like really kind of big into gambling, especially on himself. But uh, I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's, but it, but it's also become kind of a reliable trope that you know if there's a Sonic game, there's going to be a casino level, and we're probably not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Maybe that's why they put that level in the game. So then you're like, ah, I hate this. I'll just throw the controller down on the floor and let someone else do it, and I'll walk outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> But then everything else in the game feels so much better compared to the the casino level. Yes, I'm not going to lie. You're absolutely right. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Daguet. See the show notes for more details.